0: This is GamesAtwork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone, and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 386: Too many bricks. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Michael Rowe here on a, at least where I am, rainy, cold, windy, and uh, potentially power outer G, if that's a word, uh, Friday. I am here with two of my good friends, ready for some fun, talking tech, with uh, a special guest, but first, Andy Piper. How the heck are you? Hi,
1: Michael. Yes, um, I'm good. We've got somebody else with us whose name corresponds with the bad weather you're having. Um, but that's not that's not the reason why we brought him on
0: that was our plan that was our plan we have with us uh ian e-predator welcome so glad to have you back Ian.
2: it's very good to be here and i can the storm absolutely has nothing to do with me but i apologize but that's why that's why i'm called e-predator because things things happen with the word ian (laughs)
0: <laughs> at, least, at least you're not not blowing hot air. It's, it's kind of cold air right now. <laughs> hot that air is for compete. the show. <laughs> exactly. Hot air is for the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've got lots of, lots of fun uh, and a couple of follow-ups from last week. And uh, Andy, I think the uh, first one you wanted to hit on was uh, some, some cool stuff about 3D mapping.
1: Yeah, so we've got a couple of topics that follow on from things we talked about in last week's show. Uh, episode 385, It's Only a Model. Uh, in case you haven't caught up on it yet. There were some good, good conversations we had last week and I was talking a little bit about uh, room scale um, and um, Apple's technology for uh, 3D scanning using the phone and particularly I'm using an app called Polycam. There are multiple uh, apps out there. Um, I actually had the chance to use it this week because I was looking for a workshop space and we went to look at some uh, office spaces and I walked in and I said, do you mind if I just stand in the middle of the room and scan the space because then I end up with a nice handy 3D rendering um, in my phone of the model. Um, one thing I talked about last week was that Polycam has a ton of options to export into different formats. So particularly it's got things like Unity and Unreal for, for gaming Uh, It's got SDL for 3D printing and and, and 3D modeling, uh, AutoCAD, all kinds of other settings in there. And then this week, um, we see the story that Epic Games have struck a deal to uh, work with Autodesk um, around um, Epic's 3D um, library, basically around uh, the Unreal Engine in particular, um, and uh, Autodesk. Um, and their 3D modeling tools as well. So this is really cool. Um, I think um, it makes a ton of sense to see these libraries start to come together. Um, it's going to be mean that people who have a subscription to Autodesk, which is their literally their architecture modeling um, solution, get access to Epic's Unreal Engine tools. There's a ton of stuff here as well that feeds into news that's continuing to rumble along around Apple and what they might do next. So I think there was yet another story I saw this week with Tim Cook saying things along the lines of, um, you'll wonder how you ever you know, lived without augmented reality. Um, it's going to just become a, an everyday thing.
0: The thing that I liked about that, and I was hoping to get Ian your perspective on it too, his, his quote was something to the effect of real soon it's yes, yeah. very specific language yeah. and i was like hmm isn't there a potential october announce happening <laughs> well we we live in hope, <laughs> don't we yes we do
2: yeah. for years it's now the, yes the real soon and the it's next year and next year and next year then we'll see they'll, they'll get there they'll get there eventually <laughs> but i i think the i mean the interesting thing here the the epic and autodesk thing is that trying to create these connections so that libraries can exist and and be used in multiple environments is you know the one of the interoperability things that we're right. often talking about and at the same time you've got uh, you've got Nvidia championing the the USD data structure the universal scene descriptor and also um, at the same time building things that let you build things that don't exist so populating environments with with Virtual objects that it generates in the same way that we have these kind of 2D image generators from text going on, but instead just saying, "Yeah, just give me a city," and not necessarily the precise city, but a city, and it will it will make you one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, it, you know, there's there's been a lot of people, and we've talked about this for some time on the show uh, last couple of weeks at least. Uh, uh, the the whole um, oh. I'm going blank on the name, uh, and stable my network diffusion. is having. <laughs> yes, thank you. Stable Diffusion, uh, and um, I, I was actually trading an image with somebody. I saw the the prompt that they did, and I threw it into to my Diffusion oh, yeah. B. I saw it. <laughs> uh, and and actually, I then did it again, and my second one actually had the glasses, but it was just and the right back cityscape background, right? Uh, so I can imagine doing that uh, with with. You know, give me uh, a cyberpunk city with uh, you know orange skies, some some kind of descriptor, but enough to make it create something interesting. And I saw a story yeah. yesterday, and I can't find it right now, uh, about uh, Meta doing a similar thing with video, little video clips. Yeah. So it, it's about
2: creating those three D objects because the the same the, the same thing that the Stable Diffusions and the Mid Journeys and things of this world do with 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 2D, um, that's what, you know, the things in in the NVIDIA space look at, look at 2D and create a 3D information from it. So if you see the side of a car, it knows what a car looks like. So it builds you a 3D version of that car from a, from a 2D picture. So in some ways it can do that for start those, those sort of approaches can start to do that from these weird and wonderful 2 d 2D images that have been created, so you end up with an entire object, which you then either spin around in a video, which is what the, the little clips from Meta were, or they become become a thing. Well,
0: what, what's really interesting, and I can't remember if we talked about this on the show, um, in 2000 or 2001, I did a patent submission for something that I called Virtual Storyboards that basically read scripts and identified the objects and then would generate the script at at least a high level so you can quickly visualize, it seems like now this this can exist,
1: right? So, so something Ian mentioned just before was about interoperability. And I got excited because- We've never talked about uh, No, I got excited because I had a real world use case of using this very cool new feature uh, in the iPhone um, and the Polycam app. So I went out to the look at these office spaces and I took these, made these um, models. Very very nice. You can only export the models with the with the dimensions um, sort of drawn onto them if you pay for their um, their plan. So I went onto their free trial for for a while just to check it out, and then it opens up all of the export options. But um, first of all, it's an iPhone app, so getting the model from that through into exporting it into files or whatever, and then trying to do something from there was um, a bit difficult or painful. And I actually haven't really done any architectural type work before. So then I thought, well, it would be great to be able to put some virtual furniture into this space I've just just got. And I was looking through the Mac app store, trying to find an app to do that. Ikea has got a really nice uh, office planning tool on their website, Uh, obviously it uses all the Ikea models but doesn't seem to be an easy way to take the, um, the two things so hasn't been as super excitingly helpful as I thought it was very cool to be able to get a, a sense of the space that was our biggest challenge was looking at listings for offices and workshop spaces and then saying 100 square foot and you're just like what is 100 square foot what is that space what, what what does it look like how much space is that so that was our number one requirement was to go and get a physical sense of that space Um, the other thing um, that you just um, put me in mind of as well was I started listening to a new podcast this week it's only just started called the bootloader and one of the things that came up on that was something called full control full control or XYZ which is 3d um, and design library that uses shapes and spaces that are very difficult to do 3d prints of Um, but um, the point isn't to talk about the fact that it's difficult to 3d print these models Um, it was to talk about the fact that they're looking at ways that you can um, start to take things with overhangs or rounded shaped um, bends and curves and reproduce them in in 3d printers and so on it's a really short Bite-sized podcast. There's two hosts. They talk about three different topics each for up to five minutes, um, and then that's it. Um, so uh, each week. I, so I like Yeah, it was quite good because otherwise we end up <laughs> rambling, and I end up picking up something random that yeah. Ian said, and then going off in a completely different direction that wasn't in our show notes. But but that's
0: much more entertaining. But, but by the way, speaking of of, of designing, um, a couple of years ago, I picked up a piece of software called Chief Architect mm. for the sole purpose of doing some work around remodeling here at the house. Um, And one of the things that was very um, cool yet frustrating was I had to do precise measurement of every room to build the floor plan. I could then extrude the walls, so to speak, and it would do all the the calculations for how much sheetrock you need, what type of studs do you need on the wall, etc. Where can you lay the electrical outlets? And you could buy add-on packages for fixtures and for furniture and for lighting you could then turn on modeling appropriately to do the appropriate lighting so that you could see how the light source would you know diffuse into the room and everything so it's getting really, really cool in this. That's really useful because I had to take photographs of the of the power sockets and things to where they
1: were in the rooms and those kind of things, because um, those were things that weren't mapped as part of the three D model. Anyway, let's move on to the other thing um, that that overlaps from last week, which is that we talked <laughs> at the very end of last week's show about um, Trombone Champion or Trombone Champ, the the funny little game, and I showed my wife a picture, a video of it after the show and. It was the one of um, that guy attempting to do Beethoven's uh, symphony and uh, murdering it, and um, we and we were looking at the fact that ideally that you need to play the game with a mouse or something to represent the sliding motion. Uh, and of course, during the week, we've uh, um, Michael Martin, our friend and your regular co-host, shared a bunch of tweets, retweeted a bunch of pictures from folks who were building different controllers for it that mimicked an, a trombone and. Culminated in an actual trombone being used uh, to control the game. <laughs> there was also a story in the the Guardian because this thing picked up steam very, very quickly. It was in the Guardian newspaper, talking about with the creator about how it really had been come up with as a joke, but it had unexpectedly taken off. Uh, which, of course, was great for them as an indie game seller. Some of the best tech starts as a joke, right?
2: Absolutely. But that the the whole thing. I mean, I I saw that. Well, I downloaded it and started playing straight away, and it, my son's playing it as well, and found it music. And um, but the the moving the mouse to to kind of make a discordant noise was something that um, on the Amiga a Deluxe Arts uh, package called Instant Music oh, yes. way back. Yes. Oh, way yeah way back used to, used to do that, and you could quantize the notes if you wanted to and stay in key. Or you could have it on this complete freeform thing and do that kind of violin-y, you know, non, non-fretty, non non-key type music. And it, it just reminded me of that sitting there playing these things. But it awesome. it also, I mean, you said, you mentioned it using a real trombone or somebody attaching a real trombone. I mean, that's a, a kind of going off script. Well, not going off script, going to the end of the script here. But um, that's what... What we what I do now, playing with Rocksmith or Rocksmith Plus, that's now um, gone live from Ubisoft. So that's a, a guitar application, and the original Rocksmith has been around for years, back in 2012, I think, and you where you plug actually plug a physical electric guitar into a console, so that the console knows what notes you're playing, because it actually can it it gets the electrical signal, and so unlike Guitar Hero and Rock Band that we often talk about, that that was that's there to let you learn to play proper guitar. So is that uh, through a through a gamified nature? So it's Rocksmith, and now they've got Rocksmith Plus, which they've just launched, which is sort of a subscription service that, um, rather than an individual app, and it's got you know five or six thousand songs on it that that people have either um, annotated or or they might have automatically annotated some of them, and you can just use an electric guitar plugged in with this cable but they've now very cleverly added it an app that will sit right. and listen to whatever guitar you're playing and stream uh, and send that information to the right. pc that's running rocksmith which means you can now use an acoustic guitar.
1: oh that's really cool
2: and so it now knows what chords you're playing on an acoustic guitar as you play them so it can do things in it, you know, in educational. T- I mean, you can just play it and carry on and make a noise or whatever. But you can have it actually stop until you play the right chord or the right note, and then it goes right. You've done that. I'll move on to the next one.
1: Yeah, I'm just I hadn't spotted that part of this story. So this is if you use the Rocksmith Plus Connect mobile app, then you can just put the phone in front of you as you play your acoustic guitar um, or the amp if you're on an electric guitar, and it will just use your mic on the phone. Correct. Or if you've Correct. got an electric you can plug in the, the Rocksmith real Tone cable, sold separately question brackets, yes. uh, I've got or two. if you've got a third party audio interface which presumably is kind of a MIDI type interface for, for input, yep. you could use that. That's really cool. Um, so the, the, this brings us on to um, me wondering whether this will have uh, a long lifespan um you know there's there's hardware involved here potentially and an app that runs on a mobile device involved here potentially they're encouraging you to pay for a subscription service and add your songs and all that kind of thing it sounds really cool but i mean some new news that came out this week um that's not so positive ah, yes. is that uh, some of us um bought some hardware that uh, required a service that uh, enabled you to stream games on online, and uh, they, that service is, is Stadia. And it, they apparently um, didn't tell their own team very um, with very much notice. Um, but it is going away from January uh, this year, next year. Is is,
0: is that two thirds of the uh, Current, uh, of uh, the crew here today? That yes, have those? but one of us
1: only has one controller, and the other one has several. So yeah, it's it's
2: a, it's a. It's a- it's a pity. It is a pity.
1: Um it's not been a brilliant service I don't
2: think. So there's there's reasons that, that that's gone. So I I've, I've had it since, you know, since day 1. Got the uh, the kind of founders package or whatever they called it. And cuz cloud gaming is interesting. Right. And but when I when I initially got it, I didn't have gigabit fibre to the house and their service was a bit shonky at the start. So it, it wasn't very good <laughs> for for most of the <laughs> thing. So, like, turn-based games and slower things, it's all right, but if you're trying to play anything fast-moving or you'd get frames dropping and stuff like that, but it had picked up. Obviously, it's got better. My network connections got better, but I still found myself not going near it because I tend to use my Xbox. And my Xbox has got Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate, and that's got streaming in it as well. So I can sit on my Xbox and just say, oh I'll well, quickly have a go at this and see see whether I want to play a game before downloading it. And it works really, really well. And and it's seamless. Whereas the stadia thing is would seem like faffing around.
1: I think you're absolutely spot on with all of those observations. The other thing that frustrated me was the 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 promise was initially um, you know, you'd be able to jump from watching something on YouTube, somebody streaming on YouTube, to jumping into the game and all that kind of thing. And they they had a bunch of opportunities, or seeming opportunities, to integrate or cross promote or, or or whatever. They never really built a gaming network. I think I added you as a friend on the service at some point, but I don't think we've I've ever sort of seen you online, which is not surprising, or had any real opportunity to sort of compare. Progression or any of those things which I have on the Xbox, and you know, Xbox came with or had all of that existing social network aspect to it stickiness. Uh, I agree with you completely that it started off pretty rocky. The library's got pretty decent, but it's still you know, not, um, not very so, far along. The other thing, just to, Michael, just to quickly round out to some extent, w- was that I was seeing, even today, tweets from indie developers who were expecting to launch on Stadia in a couple of weeks' time, or even next week. Um, and they were only just finding out so, that so, it wasn't s- going to happen.
0: So that was the question I had, because I, I, I never got into Stadia. I, I don't have enough time to play all the stuff that I have, and adding yet another subscription service for something I wouldn't have time to play <laughs> was 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 one of the reasons. Um, and I, I guess the one thing that I always found strange about Stadia was you had to subscribe to a service and then still buy all the games. Like and. Are you getting refunds on all the games? Or are they giving you it on another platform? How, how are they taking care of the customer? I
1: remember complaining about that on this show um, when it first came out that I hadn't fully understood the sort of level of access I was getting and what, what I'd have to pay for.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I'm I'm completely, you know, mayor culpa in terms of my mis- original jumping in with, with not having a full understanding. However, they're refunding... The hardware, they're refunding any DLC or paid content that you paid for digitally. They are not refunding the subscription, which was to the pro service, which was similar to Game Pass, right. but it wasn't yeah. gave you access to an unlimited library of games or massive library games. It gave you a couple of free games a month that you then got got to keep in your library. Um, yeah. So... The, the, the frustrating thing is that the, the hardware, it's a decent controller, um, it um, charges or connects on USB-C, um, it has uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth in it, but the Bluetooth is not enabled, um, but it can only be used with the service today. So a couple of people have started to look at ways in which you could sort of plug it in, and people were saying to me today on Twitter, oh, well, I can just plug it in on a cable and use it as a regular controller. Well, that's fine, but it can do much more than that. Um, and I don't necessarily yeah, want I, I to do that. I can't
0: wait to see that the hackers take care of it soon, well, right? and uh, and see how you can break it apart. Well, there's um, there's software wise. You see, I think
1: that some hackers would have done more of that already if it was straightforward, or if they had incentive to, or they couldn't just pick up another piece of hardware very easily. Uh, I think now that there's a mm. ton of the the Stadia controllers about to go on eBay um, and be useless junk. Otherwise, um, I think people might be more interested in either reverse engineering or. I've seen a number of articles today of people saying they, you know, encouraging Google to to release the firmware as some kind of open source software, which would be really good. But and then we can play um, p- play Microsoft <laughs> cloud gaming. Today. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? As we as 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 nature intended. The the, the the link for this I had was was pretty funny though that came across my radar today, which was somebody tweeting um, about three years ago. Um, having created StadiaCountdown.com dot com on the day before um Stadia launch back in uh back in twenty nineteen, um with a four year counter, um which was the assumed lifespan of a Google Project. A... So uh if you yeah. go there now it's still there, the g the Countdown dot com it says Four hundred and thirteen days until Google Stadia cuts down, as per the Google Cemetery. Now that's not quite accurate, but uh, it's less than that now. But um, yeah, it was pretty funny.
2: It's not the first cloud gaming thing to go south, is it either? I, I was I was having flashbacks to um, to twenty eleven, and my my uh, my TV career, and I was explaining cloud gaming on kids TV in twenty eleven, and and we had. Um, on live i think it was over here i think it was something that the bt bt were doing and obviously i mean it's crazy to even think that it would stand even a slightest chance of working given how difficult it's been to do <laughs> to do cloud gaming on on the networks we've got now you know a decade ago that was that was really clunky stuff but i do remember some stuff working but that's where i got this this feeling that it was it was <laughs> you know it was always going to work for turn-based games because if you get the odd frame here and there and don't have to sit and be fast and lots of music and stuff, you'll be okay. But. Um I'd say the, the the Xbox stuff, and I, I mean, I think GeForce Now stuff's supposed mm-hmm. to be quite good, but I haven't got that. That's the, the one thing I don't seem to have in this house yet. But, um, We'll
0: get that. Well, well, you know, speaking of all of this, it sounds like, you know, we now have yet another legacy product uh, that is going to die soon. And, and maybe we can recreate it one day, you know, maybe stand up fake servers or something. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got a whole set of articles that came out this week or stories around. Digital legacies or recreation of things. Uh, starting with the first one, uh, I know we we all kind of talked about this one um, of Darth Vader, right? Uh, and uh, James Earl Jones. I saw this come across my feed. I saw it on Good Morning America, regular you know regular TV. Uh, that uh, James Earl Jones, who has decided to give his voice over to a, a studio to digitize and generate. Future Darth Vader um, dialogues and other activities. I mean, that's that seems
1: fair, um, and it's nice that he's you know it's with his permission. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in in some cases where there's been an unexpected um, situation, such as with uh, Carrie Fisher um, being unable to continue in the role of um, Princess Leia, there were uh, other issues at stake in terms of reuse of her likeness. Um, And, of course, in this case, it's the reuse of the voice print, which um, is interesting as well, because it's not just digitally painting a a, a face onto um, somebody else, which was was essentially used for the last Star Wars movie.
0: Well, one of the things I thought was interesting about his voice, though, is, I mean, James Earl Jones has a distinctive voice anyway, but Darth Vader, which is the voice that's being taken forward, is a manipulated voice anyway. Right, so hmm. so you're not going to have True. James Earl Jones show up in lots of other parts that he didn't do, uh, right. but I mean, Darth Vader Darth Vader has that very unique, distinct sound, which is a bit mechanical, right? Uh, so I I thought that was interesting. But then we've got this new
1: story that was just released today, I think, about Bruce Willis.
2: Yeah, I got I got sent that by um by Christian Renault, who I fr- a friend who worked with, who you may remember from Yep from back in the back well, in shiny, the day shiny <laughs> second life days well we still we still work together and hang out so it's, um, and, and this, this is this is Bruce Willis uh, who has had to kind of retire from because of Esfasia from um, from acting but um, selling his his digital image rights for deep fakes specifically for deep fakes so that he can have uh, sort of legacy as a service so he, he's chosen and it's kind of in the same way that james l jones has that they've made the conscious decision to do it and obviously they're getting paid for it so there's a degree of cashing in as well but they're saying right well now's the time so that's like a retirement fund and it would be great if we could all do that wouldn't we say right i'm going to retire but you can carry on using my brain (laughs) and my thoughts i I would do that
0: today right
2: (laughs) Well, that's what I was thinking. I was just thinking. I wonder if I can manage that right
0: now. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, shoot. I mean, we've got uh, ten plus years of audio samples they can use. <laughs> <laughs> just go for it. Take well, t- take the the, the Dog Ear Nation and Games at Work Biz audio archives and create a digital Michael <laughs> for, well, a there's a, there's for a, a fee. For a fee. Yes,
1: <laughs> for a
2: fee. There's a side project
1: for um, for for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so we have another story in this space, which uh, is another follow-up, actually, to a story we've spoken about um, a few months ago. I'm just going back and l- checking the archives for the last time this came up. Um, this was, um, we think, was it in uh, that? Can't have been the one uh, that one because that that episode, which was the corporate sharks one, because that was where you were speaking to a game maker. This is um, a story that Hasbro, um, as of next week, I think, is going to be able to sell you an action figure in, if you're in the US. Um, with your face on it basically um and i remember when this came out i got very grumpy on the show because i couldn't get the couldn't download the app and create a digital me i showed this story to my wife this week and um she said you're getting one aren't you and i said no it's only available in the u.s but of course if it was available I'd hmm. get one <laughs> what do you, of
0: course i would <laughs> i mean i could be like a little superhero well, minifigure well, I... not
1: minifigure um, action figure
0: I, I think it'd be cool if you could, you know, the full body, right? I, I would like to have a full body like Michael Reen, right? For Wolverine, right? <laughs> 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 Except it probably wouldn't look as cool as the actual Wolverine.
2: <laughs> what are you saying,
0: Michael? <laughs> I'm saying he's just not as buff as I
2: am. <laughs> well, maybe they should just take Wolverine and put your voice into Wolverine. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Should, like, you know, we can do that. A deep Sneaky Wolverine. <laughs>
1: i'd certainly i'd certainly buy one
2: um, i mean, action figure i mean what that's just awesome isn't they it? yeah they, in a heartbeat. the
1: heartbeat the story is so there's a there's a range of bodies right so um i think is it a ghostbuster type 14 different action ones so star wars gi joe uh and a few others um but it's actually the other interesting part of this is that they're partnering with form labs to do this so um uh. that's uh that's really interesting because we've we've definitely all spoken about form labs and, and followed them for some time um yeah this oh was, yeah this...
0: They, they started off as the ability to print your world of warcraft character
1: oh yeah. i did not remember that part of the the story but yeah. this this was announced originally I, i've
2: still got my second life uh, but, oh yes they uh, they, they the did bit, that the heads didn't heads they off, yeah which is, I <laughs> the head's fallen off <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: i mean it's next door to it but you know, sort of anyway <laughs> well all, at least it's nearby somebody... Disembodied action figure,
0: the headless though, predator uh, from Sleepy yeah. Hollow. <laughs>
2: well, well, that's the thing now. I mean, if if it's you know, if, whilst they sell different bodies, they should make it so you can pull the head off and just put it on different ones. So if you want to be a Ghostbuster, one well,
0: they've sold it so it's fifty percent. You can pull the head off. I think that is the case, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, there we are then.
1: I might be wrong, <laughs> yeah. but I thought you could. Um, <laughs> I thought you, that it was going to be exactly that—that that you can can switch the bodies. Oh well, that's
2: that's all right then. I mean, I was thinking a Maskatron from from back in the day on Six Million Dollar Man, and I remember having a oh, Maskatron. Yeah figure and you you could peel the face off because it was a robot wasn't it and you you could unclip the face and put um steve rogers on or oscar oscar uh, oh yeah the
1: boss was that was was and they had um the 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 gi joe figures there was um well the uh, action force so they were called here in the uk where with one of the characters that had rubber faces that you could kind of just about jam into the to the to the mold um, but anyway, the price in, since they announced it in July, where they suggested a sixty-dollar price tag, it's gone up to eighty dollars now, um, and, and uh, forty-five a day lead time uh, on the items. But yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I'm, I still like the. Idea. It's expensive and definitely Toys for. People of our age and not for the average teenager, but all well, youngster. Well,
0: that's, uh, you, you mentioned $6 million man. Sorry, I have to digress on this. I had the uh, the the $6 million man who could lift the engine block. Oh, oh. yes. That. And, and you could look yes. in the, the back of his head because it had a little, you know, spy hole, hole so you could yes. look. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were living in apartments at the time. And... Uh, Took a wire and strung it from like the third floor down to a, a tree down at the bottom, and put him in a little thing, and he was going to go cr- flying through. And he smashed into the tree, broke apart. But I could rebuild him. But afterward, he could no <laughs> he, he could no longer lift the engine block. <laughs> oh no!
1: <laughs> so we've got one more story, which is an, a special edition um, that Ian brought with him. Um, so yes. i would love to love to hear you um, talk about this one. So this is a story on um vg247 247 7 um about a game called hard space shipbreaker which was launched i think on the pc but earlier in the year and now is available on consoles yeah Well, so exciting yeah well this this is this is one of those
2: this is going back to the cloud gaming thing so i often sit there with my my xbox and look through what's on game pass and just dive in on a few things because i you know i like i love i'm a gamer I don't spend, don't like completing games necessarily, but I do like diving in and, and experiencing lots of different things. And this one came up, and it was it was hard, hard space Shipbreaker, and I thought oh, it seems interesting. Isn't that a sequel? And wasn't that,
0: hard space the one that was really cool with uh, different? Um, oh God, it was about six or eight years ago, and it was really unique storylines based off of how you played.
2: Yeah, this 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 wasn't that. So okay. so this this. If it is a sequel, then it's a long way from that. So this, you are just uh, a workman, a work person in space. So you're in a in in a in a dock somewhere. You're floating around in an EV suit, and in front of you is a hulk of a a spaceship that you have to dismantle. And you have th- you have cutting tools, and you have a uh, kind of pulling tool, and there's some other things with tethers and stuff like that. But the, you approach this thing. And and it's playing some weird sort of country and western music and stuff. And it's all quite relaxed and chilled and, you know, not fast paced because you're just generally floating through. But once you, you kind of have to smash your way in or break your way in or find the right hatch or go in through somewhere. And, and then you find yourself um, kind of crawling, albeit in space, through uh, through the bulkheads trying to find the right anchor points to cut, to to bring out the panels, like the side panels and stuff that are bolted on the ship, and you're trying to strip the whole thing down, and as you break these things out you then have to te- grab hold of them, if you can if if they're not bigger than you and kind of push them into either a furnace or into a recycler or down into a... a so bin it's a puzzle the, game the savings thing. It's a puzzle game but it, but cool. it's very zen because yeah. you, you're just you're just kind of trying to work out what to do and how to do it and and i started playing this and i instantly loved it and thought this is clever and there's there's a sort of creative mode where you don't you don't have to worry about running out of oxygen and stuff like that but you or you can play it as a game where you have to keep doing resource management but it actually reminded me of my dad because my dad was a shipbuilder cool and and as a welder and inspector foreman welder back in the day he had to Crawl. He would tell him tell me about how he crawled round in the underbellies of these ships that they were building, checking the welds. And here I was in space, on a cloud gaming <laughs> platform, doing exactly the opposite. Ah. And I was I was breaking the thing down, and it just it it just resonated. Very. I cool. mean, it may not resonate that way with everyone, but I just that's, loved it. And that's, that's very cool. That's really
1: interesting. So, Ian, it's been amazing to have you with us. Um, thank you for joining uh, us this week and making up our. Our three uh, hosts. Um, where can folks find you online if they are not followers already? Well, I'm ePredator pretty much everywhere.
2: So I'm ePredator on Twitter, uh, or they can look at uh, FeedingEdge.co.uk, which is my little blog, and um, there there's there's adverts for my my novels. Which
0: I was about to say, wasn't years. there a recent uh, so anniversary? Yeah, seven years today
2: since I finished the
0: first novel. Oh, excellent!
2: It's awesome. Um, so that's weird, given it's also uh, International Podcasting Day as well. Yes, it is.
1: Reconfigured is available in, to... uh, in in Amazon and other bookshops, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, very, very good book. Enjoyed that one very much. Full-
0: context also. Context as well. For yeah.
1: yes. uh, <laughs> look forward to the ongoing Marmite adventures in the future at some stage. Fantastic. Yes, so do I. Okay. Well, thanks very much. Um, We've got to wrap the show, but um, we will be back in your podcatcher at a future date. And uh, hopefully uh, I'm going to have to take a week out myself next week due to travel. But um, someone, people will be here to to talk to. People will be here. People will be here to talk
0: to. If if not actual people, maybe generated people, uh, we can uh, take the archive and just spin up a story. I'm sure we'll talk about gaming and technology and business over at gamesatwork.biz, where you could leave a comment about this show in our blog.
1: Awesome. All righty. See ya.
0: Bye. You've been listening to gamesatwork.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at at gamesatwork underscore biz or at our website at at gamesatwork.biz.